You know, call making for me has always been about the ducks. <laughs> now, it's about the ducks, honker specs, and our culture. To me, the culture of waterfowl hunting is about our shared values, respect, beliefs, traditions, knowledge, and it's that underlying sense of connection that all waterfowlers share. This is the Ducklander Podcast, and I'm Bobby Hayes. Hey, how's everyone doing? I am Bobby Hayes. I own the Ducklander Call Company, and this is the Ducklander Podcast. I've been in debate a while on whether or not to do a podcast or not do a podcast. I know everybody's doing them right now, but uh, I think it may have a utility. So if any of you follow me on social, you'll know I do kind of a lot of long-form postings. It'd be long-form for Instagram, so it'd be a paragraph or two or a long paragraph. And I try to use social to promote one of my brand's core beliefs, to be one of my core beliefs, which is to promote the sport of waterfowl hunting. So what I try to use social for is to say I try to put my best foot forward as far as representing our culture on social media. I think the best way to counteract negative is with positive, and I don't always like what I see on social from waterfowl hunters. And um, maybe you do, but I think, I think we can always do better. So I thought maybe a podcast would be a good way that I could talk about topics that I think are important to waterfowl hunting, waterfowlers, that would be a little easier for me than writing it down. I'm not the best writer in the world. So I'm going to try it in a podcast form. And... So some of these will be about advocacy for the sport. Some of these will be about equipment. Not a lot about calls. This is not really made to promote calls. That's not why I'm doing this. A uh, lot of tips for new hunters. We do a Thursday night calling class in here in the summer, and it's primarily new waterfowlers. So a lot of the topics that, we, that I talk about on here are going to be the same topics that a new hunter would have. So it could be, like, hey, what, what, are all the, what equipment do I actually need? Because, my gosh, uh, waterfowling is equipment heavy. And, man, most of it's fantastic. So I'm 45. I started hunting waterfowl when I was around, seriously hunting around when I was 18. That's kind of when I went to waterfowl and quit jumping around between upland and big game and all that nonsense. So I kind of decided waterfowl was the thing for me. The equipment now is so much better than the equipment I had when I was 18. Just, just shot shells alone are so much better. But, not to get off topic, I thought maybe this first podcast would be about if you're a new waterfowler, like what's your journey going to look like as a waterfowler? So, I made a quick outline. I'm going to have to refer to it because I'm new at this podcast thing to kind of keep on track, and I don't have anybody sitting here with me. I'm hoping maybe down the road I might bring in some industry friends, uh, some hunting buddies, and we may have some back and forth conversations about some of these topics. But this will not be a, hey, here's so-and-so, and he's going to tell the story. It's not going to be about that. It would be more of, this is a topic, and we're going to go back and forth between it. Because like I can tell you, you guys would probably be very interested in the, the industry friends and the conversations we have about what we see on social and kind of how we, we see the sport evolving. It's probably not what you think. So, and I can tell you most of us that are 
I don't know how I should say it. I'd say most of us that are respected, we share very similar views on, on how we see everything. So uh, when we talk amongst ourselves, it's a lot of preaching to the choir. But so maybe down the road, I'll get some, some friends on and uh, we'll have a conversation. Like I just had a buddy of mine in the shop the other day. He took over for a decoy company and we had a heck of a good two-hour conversation. Wish I'd have made a podcast out of it. But so anyway, this first, first podcast is going to be about your new hunter, kind of like new waterfowl, like what's your journey going to look like? So the first thing I would talk about, new waterfowl hunting is amazing. So if you've gotten hooked, I can almost tell you how you've gotten hooked on waterfowl hunting. Because about everybody I know that's really into the sport, they're either a mallard hunter or a honker hunter. And dude, I just I love both things. You got specs in there now. But for the most part, they got hooked on mallards or they got hooked on honkers. And they... They usually have a similar story, same story I have. They were with somebody, somebody blew a call, and a duck or a goose locked up on that call, and that set of birds came in and finished into that spread. And the other thing that is usually a part of that story is they were hunting with a friend, a relative, a dad, a grandparent, not 15 other people. There's a reason for that. So that's one of the things we're going to talk about. But... So anyway, somebody blew a call, and the vocalization happened, and the birds talked back, and those birds talked all the way down, finished in the decoy. Sometimes they can tell you whether or not that bird got shot, sometimes they can't. So I'm not saying that killing, it's not an important part of it, but I'm also not saying I'm a sunrise guy. I like sunrise a whole lot more when there are ducks coming through it than when there's empty skies in the winter. But usually it's a vocalization and a bird coming in is what hooked them on waterfowl hunting. So that is a, like a commonality most of us share. So if you're just getting into this and you are trying to better, to better your hunting, Man, the easiest way you can do that is to find a mentor. Now, let's define mentorship. To me, mentorship means, and I'll tell you why in a second. To me, mentorship means somebody is teaching me how to call. Somebody is offering advice maybe on where to go. Not an exact spot, but an area. And maybe, maybe not. But they are offering advice on equipment. But they are not taking you by the hand and sitting you in the spot where you're going to kill the duck. That's great a few times. That's more of a dad, son, dad, daughter relationship or, you know, a guardian, grandparent, whatever. But if you've got somebody that hunts and you're trying to learn how to hunt, mentorship is offering, in my opinion, mentorship is offering advice and then sitting you out the door to go figure it out yourself. You're just trying to, to have a, a helping hand in the situation to kind of hurry you along. Speed the process of learning up because it's a hard process. So, the reason I'm saying that is I have never met a killer, and let me define that word because it gets thrown around. To me, killer is a respectful word in waterfowl. Killer means I can hand you a box of shell and you can feed a guy for a week. That's a killer. It means you have woodsmanship. It means you have vast knowledge and respect of what you're chasing. So, that, that to me means, yeah, that guy's a killer. So, how do you become one? Well, like I said, a mentor is great. I've had them. 
I had an old boy that used to make calls named Mike Kelly that taught me how to blow a duck call, and I had some family members that hunted. But I'm going to tell you this. The most important aspect of becoming in a proficient waterfowler is hunting solo. You will never learn more than when you hunt by yourself. Everything you do when you're by yourself is on your shoulders. You bear the weight of success or failure. So I would encourage you, I don't care if you're hunting public marshes, if you're hunting ponds, if you're hunting drains, I don't care where you're hunting. It makes zero difference to me. Uh, the new hunter hunting a private field is not much harder than hunting a public marsh other than competing with less people. That kind of depends on the area. But anyway, I would encourage you to hunt solo as much as you can while you're learning because you will not hunt the same in a group as you will hunt solo. You will try more things when you're by yourself. You know whether or not you shot the bird. You know whether or not your calling called the bird in. You can change up how you're doing something in an instant. It's up to you when you're by yourself. You can move. You know whether you spook the bird off from your movements. Whenever you get more people involved, you really don't know if it's you or if it's them. So by and large, like I said, I've never met a killer who has not spent a heck of a lot of time in a blind, in a marsh, in a crop field, in a layout blind, whatever, by themselves killing waterfowl. And one of the hard things about uh, mentorship and finding a guy that's really adept at killing is we kind of hide. Like we don't like to be known. That's, that's kind of the idea of it, right? Like you should be able to hunt at a public place for a long time with anybody knowing you're there. That's generally the guy that you want to find. Now, he can be hard to find. You ain't hunting with him. So you're looking more for advice than you are to somebody to take you out. But by yourself teaches you how to scout. Like I said, I don't care if it's on public or private. You got to learn how to scout. Scouting is probably 80% of the game after you get calling, hiding. I'm going to call hiding woodsmanship and uh, the rest of it down it pretty much becomes to scouting and knowledge of the animal. So that is the other thing that hunting solo teaches you, and it teaches you multiple things, but two of the most important things, like I said, it teaches you exactly what you did wrong because you're going to have a lot of failure, and you got to know what the failure is in order to change it. But the other thing it does is you need respect for the birds you're hunting. Now, that... That can be taken a lot of ways, but what I mean by that is you need knowledge. You need to know where they roost, where they loaf, what time of the day, what do they eat, what time of the year do they come down. That can be, you know, I know that sounds basic to everybody that hunts, but it's pretty hard to shoot a, uh, pretty hard to shoot a duck when it's not there because it hasn't migrated yet. So you need to know weather, migration, you need a lot of stuff. And what that teaches you, though, is respect. The more knowledge you have about something, the more you can respect it. You will never respect something you have no knowledge of. That's just human nature. So hunting solo, you will gain knowledge. You'll gain respect for what you're, what you're hunting. And you will learn faster than hunting in a group. I would discourage new hunters from commonly hunting in the large 10 and 15 man groups. 
to me, that's not hunting. That is a social gathering. Now, if that offends somebody, I'm sorry, but I'm not saying that we don't hunt in big groups sometimes, and we do, but those are friend hunts, they're uh, business hunts, and you're, you're visiting when you're doing those hunts. You're hunting a little, but you're not hunting the same as when it's you or you and a buddy or you and two other buddies. That is a totally different atmosphere, and it's just not the same. So if you're new to this, I would go out on my own and find my spots, find my spots on public ground, find my spots on private, wherever you're hunting, and really learn how to kill the animal. You need woodsmanship over equipment. And we're gonna do, uh, I'm gonna do an equipment podcast. It might be the next one. So new hunters, like what equipment do you need? Like just the basics. Because equipment has gotten amazing. And my gosh, there's a lot of it to pick from. But what you really are after is woodsmanship. Woodmanships, woodsmanship trumps decoys. It trumps camouflage. It trumps about everything. So that is the difference between a guy that knows how to kill something and a guy that does not is woodsmanship. Now, the other thing that can be tricky, and I'm going to end the podcast with this, how do you know who to follow online? And, man, I don't know if I have a good answer for that. The best answer I could probably give you is I would really investigate who you're following and who you're giving your time to. Because time is one of the most valuable assets you have. So I would be careful with who I'm giving my time to. I would want to know probably the key ingredients to know who to follow is do they put the sport in high regards? Do they put the waterfowl in high regards? Are they there for the are they are they posting for the waterfowl or are they posting for social media? If the answer is they're posting for social media, they're probably not worth the time. If they're posting for the love of the sport, whatever that is to them, then they're probably worth a follow. So until next time, see y'all later.